This is the Sterling Vineyard Sundays podcast. We are a church passionate about encountering Jesus and sharing his love with our city. To find out more about who we are, visit our website at sterlingvineyard.co.uk. Good morning, my name is Fiona and I'm part of the leadership here at Stowing Vineyard. And today I'm continuing our Kingdom Come series which has been unpacking some of the core vineyard values and exploring how we as the local church can advance God's kingdom here on earth. This morning we'll explore how we're all invited in this kingdom to live naturally supernatural lives and I hope to unpack a bit about the power and the authority that we carry because of who we are in God. We're going to consider hearing from God and what it looks like to pursue the prophetic uh, gifts. So most of you know that I'm a teacher and teachers love a good starter activity. So before we dive in, I thought we could have a go at a little prayer meditation to quieten our minds and to focus on Jesus. So I'm going to encourage you just now, it's not too weird and wacky, but uh, if you feel comfortable, just close your eyes and try to relax. I'm going to talk you through some prompts and then pray to finish. So you don't have to think too hard on each thing, uh, but rather just build off of what first comes to mind. So imagine yourself in a place where you feel safe and at peace. It could be on a beach, walking down a street, in a forest, somewhere you feel at peace. What is that place? Visualize it in your mind. As you're walking along, you come across a structure. It could be a cave, a building, a tent, but you come across a structure. What is it? You enter the structure and you see Jesus inside. What's he doing? He notices you as you come in. What does he say to you? What would you like to ask him or say to him? How does he respond? Lord, thank you that you promise that your presence will go with us and give us rest. Jesus, thank you that we can spend time with you and that you want to speak to us. Help us to hear your voice, to reflect your glory and be transformed into your likeness. I pray this morning that you'll speak to us, challenge us and remind us of your love for every single person that we are praying and ministering to now and in the future. In Jesus' name, amen. 
So at Sterling Vineyard, we believe in the advancement of the kingdom of God and that through the Holy Spirit, we can be empowered and equipped for God to speak to us today. The purpose of striving to grow in the prophetic is because we want to be people of the presence, led by the Holy Spirit to strengthen others, encourage them and comfort them. It's about love and helping to reveal God's love for others. Now, it would take months uh, to study prophecy, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, signs, wonders in more detail. And I'm conscious of the breadth of content I could explore even in this sermon alone. But the whole point of our Kingdom Come series was to give just a little snapshot of how the Spirit of God at work can transform lives and extend the Kingdom. We want to push into this. We want to see healing breaking through. We want to see lives turned upside down. We want to notice that person in our workplace that God is speaking to us about. We want to be bold in offering prayer to our neighbor as the Spirit leads us. So in order to get the hall set down by 1 p.m., I'm just going to do a little introduction to pursuing the prophetic gifts and how we receive and share God's love when we do this. Um, I'm actually going to copy. Um, I don't know who's here. Dan. Oh, yeah, I'm going to going to copy Dan's pointers here. I thought they were really good, really simple. Um, I'm sure you won't mind. So we're going to be looking at three main questions this morning. First of all, what is hearing from God? How do we learn to hear God? And why should we keep trying to hear God? So, firstly, what is hearing from God? Prophecy is described as the gift of interpreting the will of God which can only be known through divine revelation. It's available for all believers to use, and in fact, Paul in the Bible commands us to be seeking it. But there are also prophets within churches. These are people with a particular gifting and accurate track record um, in this, and also they might be given a bit more authority and visibility in prophesying. In the Old Testament, prophets had a very different role. From the New Testament, they spoke the very words of God. And to disobey a prophet was to disobey God. So consequently, prophets had a very stringent job description. If they got it wrong, then they were put to death, which we can read about in Deuteronomy 18. The New Testament prophets are different. We're commanded to weigh prophecies, which implies that the New Testament prophets are not expected to be infallible. Um, Agabus, for example, was a respected and accepted prophet within the church, and he prophesied over Paul. And some of what was said is true, Paul was arrested, but other bits were inaccurate, such as, you know, it, it, was, the, it was not the Jews who handed him over, but the Romans who rescued him from the Jews. New Testament prophets are not the same as Old Testament prophets. And it should be noted that there's no record in the New Testament of a prophet using the phrase, thus saith the Lord, or the Lord says. But ultimately, if a prophecy is from God, it will never contradict the Bible in Titus 1 verse 9. All prophecy must be weighed against scripture and tested, which I'll talk about a little bit later on. So we also see in Acts, um, I think the verses might come up on the screen, um, that the early church prayed earnestly for signs and wonders. In Acts 4, 29-31 it says, And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. So the kingdom of God came in power and the church grew rapidly with thousands added to the faith amid persecution. 
Some people say that signs and wonders cease with the passing of the apostles. However, scripture and church history indicate the opposite. Um, in John 14, 12, it says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. In Matthew 28, 20, it says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Um, and Ali spoke uh, a few weeks ago in the, the central prayer of the Vineyard Liturgy, which is come, Holy Spirit. We looked at how the Holy Spirit is central to Jesus' ministry. And we should be looking to Jesus' example and do what we saw him doing. In the book of Ephesians, we read, For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. So it's through Jesus, by the Spirit, that we have access to the presence of God. And it's the Holy Spirit which makes us effective in the ongoing ministry of the kingdom of God. But we need to be open to being filled with the Holy Spirit, listening to his voice and following his guidance. The kingdom of God is not a matter of words, but power. The power of God. And we see this most significantly in Jesus' life and ministry. He proclaimed and demonstrated the rule of God in everything, in people's lives, over demonic powers, in creation and history. It was true in the early church and it continues to be true today. In preparing for this sermon, I unearthed the complexities of different Christians' perspectives and opinions on spiritual gifts. However, it seems that the difficulties are created when two key points are overlooked. Firstly, properly used spiritual gifts are not self-serving, but serve the whole body of, of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, it says, A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. It continues in verse 11 that all spiritual gifts are distributed by the Holy Spirit and he alone decides which gift each person should have. We're responsible to use and sharpen our gifts, but we can take no credit for what God has freely given us. Secondly, each gift becomes practically useless when used without love. You know, we sang about it this morning, about God's love for us and for others. And we go on to see all about love and what that looks like in chapters 13 and 14 of Corinthians. Paul's advice is to make encouraging and edifying others the highest goal. And we can see in 1 Corinthians 14, uh, verses 1 to 4, that the ability to prophesy does not just refer to predicting the future. It can also mean giving a message to a community of believers. It says in 1 Corinthians 14, 1 to 4, Let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the, spirit, the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you'll be talking only to God, since people won't be able to understand you. You'll be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it'll be mysterious. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. 
So if you leave here remembering anything um, about what the main goal of prophetic ministry is um, and pressing into hearing from God, it's about love. We need God's heart in our ministry and words, and so we need to cultivate it. Paul would have never encouraged us to passionately pursue the prophetic if it wasn't a gift freely available, one that we can develop and nurture throughout our lives. So secondly, how do we hear God? How do we learn to hear God? Um, before I share some suggestions on how we can press in and learn to hear God when pursuing prophetic ministries, I just wanted to put some people's mind at ease um, and just share a bit about my introduction into the prophetic. So if you're feeling this is a bit out of your comfort zone, uh, maybe it feels a bit alien to you, that's okay. As we tell Cooper, all feelings are okay. <laughs> I became a Christian around 14 years old. Um, my family didn't go to church at the time and part of my journey to Jesus was due to a close friend. And I think I've shared about this before. So I started going along to church with her family and the version of church that I attended was not supernaturally orientated. It was very traditional. Women wore hats and skirts. And while there was heavy emphasis on scripture and prayer, there was little emphasis on the Holy Spirit. As I grew up, I started attending youth events, other churches. I went to summer camps, uh, festivals, Christian conferences, as well as becoming part of Glasgow Vineyard as a student. And I felt stirred by God to push into the Holy Spirit. And it was definitely a journey. <laughs> there were many prayers of doubt, in all honesty, uncertainty, pleading with God to see more of his kingdom here on earth. But as I leaned into and prayed to God to reveal more of who he is, I began having more personal encounters. It also helped um, to have some prophetically gifted people attending the church that I went to. You know the type of person that when it's their turn to preach, you, you sit as far back as possible. You just like try to avoid making eye contact with. But you know what? I witnessed some very specific words of knowledge given to people. And when God manifests his presence, he reveals his glory. So how do we learn to hear from God? Part of translating God is learning to understand what he is telling us about others and then clearly relating it. In John 10, 27, Jesus said, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So if you're a follower of Jesus, you can hear him. Throughout the Bible, there are clear examples of God speaking to all types of people from all walks of life. And I love this verse from First uh, Kings 19, 11 to 13, which might come up on the screen. Oh no, maybe it's not, sorry. <laughs> Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And Elijah stood there. The Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak, went out and stood at the entrance of the cave and a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? 
I love it. it. It just shows that we don't always need this big, booming, audible voice. You know, it can be a passing thought, a sudden impression, or an internal sense of something that God is saying or doing. So how do I recognize if God is speaking to me? The first important thing to say is that God wants to speak to all of his children. If you are his child, it means that you have a father who is speaking to you. So we can approach the prophetic with words of knowledge or supernatural experience of God with a real degree of confidence that God wants to speak to us and is speaking to us. And on that foundation, we can then discuss a few pointers of how to recognize or practice hearing from God. So many people get um, pictures, maybe some word associations when operating the prophetic. They might feel directed to a particular piece of scripture or maybe some lyrics from a worship song. Many people receive revelations through impressions. Um, You get an image, a feeling or a connection to the Father's mind or heart. You just know something or get this kind of download of information. And we only learn this as we take more and more risks and then evaluate the fruit of the risks. When considering prophetic ministry, let's be asking God, what is his original desire for the people that we are praying for? And ways that we can practice this in a safe environment is in our small groups. I know many of you are part of small groups here in Sterling Vineyard. We put a lot of value um, on our small groups. It's a great place to to grow in community with each other. And Ali and I, um, over the years, have spent many an evening um, doing some kind of like prayer hot seat. I don't know if anyone's done that before. Um, It can be a bit intimidating, but you're in a safe environment with people that you know, you know that you've journeyed with. Um, So it's when somebody's nominated, they might want to sit in the middle or just in a comfy seat. Um, And you spend kind of 10 to 15 minutes kind of praying as a group over um, and for that person. And just sharing words, pictures, impressions, scripture, anything that might come to mind um, as you're praying. And it's always useful um, to get the person record on their phone or maybe nominate a scribe or someone like that to to then weigh and test later on. Another way, um, and I know that Rebecca's done this as part of our family service once before, is to get a bit of paper, maybe write the person's name at the top and again pass that round um, and people kind of stop and pray, writing down words of encouragement, folding it over and passing it on. So that can be maybe be a little bit of a less intimidating um, kind of exercise. And if nothing else, um, it's a great way to pray for each other and spend time in God's presence. Pursuing revelation, bridging the gap between the things of heaven and the things on earth. So I've got another little activity for you. Sorry, I'm a teacher. I do like to break things up. Um, And this is just a little task just to emphasize God's love for his children and how we can actually share God's love for people. Um, I think the instructions are going to come up on the screen. So you might want to take a picture of it, take a note of it, you know, go away in your own time and do this, or you might just want to have you think about it just now. But I want you to think about a friend or maybe a relative or maybe even somebody that you don't know as well, maybe a work colleague. Consider the facts that you know about them. Again, if it's a friend or relative that you love about them, that you value about this person. You might want to write it down um, just now or when you get home. Think about their character, their gifts, their relationships, their walk with God if they're a Christian. Write about their skills, their talents, their personality. And if someone was hearing this, 
would they get to know your friend based on your description? If your friend heard you reading it, do you believe that they would feel known by the way that you translated them on paper? This is what we're trying to do in the prophetic. Give an accurate translation of how God feels about people, either individually or maybe even corporately, if it's during a ministry time or something like that. So if you're feeling brave, you may wish to contact this person and share what you've written about them, um, making sure that you're just full of encouragement for them. And you can even ask God uh, for a word about this person and give that to them as well. So we actually did this as part of our small group. Um, this was like right way back at the start of lockdown. Um, so those were part of the kind of Translating God um, small group. Um, and so I had written this about a really close friend of mine and I had sent it to her. And I think it might pop up on the screen. You might, it might be too small for you to read. Um, I'm not going to read it out. It's quite cheesy. If you want to look at it, you're welcome to. Um, but in this kind of message, I just described what I, I love about her. Um, I tried to capture a bit of her personality. Um, but ultimately, I tried to encourage her um, in her journey and her relationship with God. So, for example... Um, I've said that um, God has blessed you with a beautiful gift of singing. And one of the words I felt when praying for you was that he was going to release joy and a fresh revelation of glory through music and worship. Have you thought about writing or composing um, spiritual music or lyrics? And that was the kind of impression that I felt that God was saying to me about her. Because I'm such a, a close friend with this person, you know, I didn't feel too embarrassed or, or you know, it, it didn't seem completely um, embarrassing to, to send this to her. So I sent it to her um, and I got a message back. So remember, this was right at the start of the lockdown, so what, the 2020. Um, so is that going to come up on the screen? So the first thing that she said was, she was very, very caring. <laughs> it touched her heart, um, kind and thoughtful words. But what struck me was when she said, I've never had anyone say anything like that to me before. And I just felt there was real power there. Because we don't know what people's journey is like to God. We don't know what their family situation is like. We don't know what's going on, perhaps, under the surface. Even some of our closest friends, we might not know exactly what's going on. But God can use us to strengthen and encourage and just to love our, our friends, our family, people in our workplaces, people, just people that we meet. And it's funny because, um, so this was a good few years ago, um, and recently I was clearing out some notes on my phone, and I came across the note, the kind of the draft of this that I'd sent, and I just felt God was prompting me just to send it again. I just felt God in that moment say, like, just, just pass it on, just say, I was clearing out my draft on my phone, saw this, thought I'd send it again, um, and so I did, and this was the other reply that I got. I really needed this right now. A great example of God's perfect timing. And then once I got in touch with her, we met up, we had some coffee, um, I'd found out just some stuff that was going on in her life at that particular time that she was feeling quite, um, it was just, got just quite hard. <laughs> um, so this is the same friend that sings beautifully, um, and she sang this beautiful song, uh, When I Survey, around churches, kind of visiting churches, um, so 
that's just my encouragement to you. <laughs> just go for it. Be brave. Encourage. Strengthen. Press into what God is saying about his children. Of course, and I've got to mention this, with any words you are sharing with people, we must consider prophetic accountability as well as weighing and testing. Especially if you're on the receiving end and you, and you get something and you're not quite sure what to do with it. Paul wrote to the Corinthians about this key principle. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 19-21, we read, Do not quench the spirit, do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all, holding on to what is good. And this verse is used a lot when we expect prophets to be orderly and honouring to the spiritual atmosphere in the room. But it goes further than this because it speaks of self-managing, being self-aware and being accountable to the people that you are prophesying to. Every Christian filled with the Holy Spirit is able to prophesy. I mentioned that earlier. And particularly if we ask God and we, we pray to God um, for that gift. But like any gift, there are different measures. Um, so for example, King's Church London shared a well-used vineyard teaching graft, um, which might come up on the screen just now. Yep, so um, someone might have a prophetic gift, someone might have a prophetic ministry, um, someone else might be called into prophetic office. And you can see there just the, the kind of separation between God's words and man's words. So when you're at the end of the spectrum where we're dealing with what are mainly just words of exhortation, encouragement, just you, know, you just want to give someone a word of encouragement, then you're probably maybe more towards the kind of man's words um, of the spectrum. Um, but remember, strengthening and encouragement come first. So to be used prophetically is just to say, God, what do you want to say? What do you want to speak about? God, speak to me and use me in a spiritual gift to encourage and comfort others. We're also told um, in Romans 12 that the Spirit responds in proportion to our faith, specifically regarding prophecy. Uh, so Romans 12, verses 3 to 8, we say, uh, see, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it's with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. So the first step in earnestly desiring the gift of prophecy is to seek our faith for it. And most of us um, operate at the, the end of the range where simple prophecy lies. Um, so kind of weighing the words and the gift of discernment is also important. Steve Tibbert, um, who's um, part of the leadership of King's Church London, says that when approached with a prophetic word, they generally receive it graciously, but they don't necessarily act on it. They make sure they get other guidance and confirmation first. So in that way, they test everything and hold on to the good. 
Some of his questions to ask when testing prophecy include, does it glorify Christ? Does it build up the body? Is it in accordance with the written word? Is the word given in love? Is Jesus Lord of the speaker's life? So finally, just kind of coming into land here, um, why should we keep trying to hear God? At the end of the day, we are human and we don't know all that God knows. So we may reach a limit of what we can discern by prayer, reflection of scripture, the person or the circumstances. God could speak to us in a dream or a prophetic word or maybe some other revelatory way. But he may not do this, so also don't be encouraged, eh, discouraged, sorry. Also, failure isn't a bad thing. Um, recently, I've tried trying to get a bit of time to get back into fitness. Um, before having kids, I got into triathlon training. Uh, I love swimming, I love cycling, I don't really like running, but it kind of comes with it. Um, I also really love kind of specific strength and conditioning uh, using weights. Um, nowadays, and Becca can vouch for this, I only have to do one Pilates class before feeling it in every part of my, or every fibre of my body the next day. Um, Ali's used to me kind of groaning around the house every time I try and sit down. But do you know what? Muscle size increases when a person continually challenges the muscles to deal with higher levels of resistance or weight. So in a way, kind of roundabout way, weight training promotes failure. So after the failure, you begin to get stronger and your body's learning. If you don't fail, you're not learning. So I'm just going to show you a little video clip just now. Um, this is just part of the, the kind of vineyard resources about faith and obedience in prophecy and why it's actually okay to fail, um, but the kind of encouragement of uh, why we should keep pressing in um, to to the prophetic gifts and to prophetic ministry. So hopefully that will come up just now. So I've definitely learned some lessons in obedience as I've brought prophetic words over people. Um, I think sometimes we see people ministering on a stage and we assume everything that they're doing is very easy for them and comes natural for them. Because, you know, if you're a minister, that must mean that everything is easy when it comes to God's stuff. And that's just not the case. At least it's not the case from my perspective. Um, whenever I'm feeling prompted by the Spirit to give prophetic words, if I'm entirely on my heart is racing, my hands are feeling a little bit clammy, and everything inside of me is saying, play it safe, don't do this, especially when you're standing on a platform, because then people are expecting a certain standard, and then you're thinking, I can't possibly take a risk. But that's when we get it wrong, when we shy away from taking risk, because Hebrews 11 tells us God loves faith. He's attracted to faith not to performance. And sometimes we can be tempted to go for performance. We can be tempted to think, unless I'm guaranteed to get this right, I shouldn't do it. But that's misunderstanding where faith comes in because Jesus loves it when I take a faith step, when I, there's an element of risk where I don't know if I'm 100% right, but I go for it because that's where faith and obedience come in. And so if there's anyone listening to this thinking, oh, I've got to have the guarantee before I step out in prophetic words, 
you're never going to step out in prophetic words. There never is a guarantee. The whole process is one of learning to listen to his voice. Uh, and that takes faith, that takes risk, that takes courage. Uh, but I found each time that I've stepped out, um, the beautiful thing about listening to the voice of God, even when we get it wrong, is if we do it with the right motivation, the presence of God becomes tangible so people feel loved. And so really my story is, even in the moments where I've brought a prophetic word or a word of knowledge and it is absolutely bombed, there's been such a sense of the kindness of God in the room because I've been able to communicate something of the heart of God even as I take risk and that's modeled something for people. So they've been able to engage with faith steps in their own journeys without a sense of fear of failing because they've seen it modeled. And so go for it. If you're thinking about stepping out in prophetic words and you're just a little bit unsure, my recommendation would be go for it. Once you feel like you've heard Jesus, step out in faith. What's the worst that can happen? You'll get it wrong, but you can still tell people, Jesus loves you, he wants to speak to you, and I'm just learning. So the authority and power is waiting on us. As people begin to do these things, they'll begin to see things happen. And remember, things are going to happen the more that you do them. So it's something that we grow in, we mature in. The more we persevere despite the resistance of things not happening, the more it's going to strengthen us as well. And God loves us so much, and we can be compelled by this love and strive to give it away. This is often referred to as power evangelism, and some of you might have read books on this. Um, it's basically using gifts like healing and prophecy um, and ministry of the manifest presence of God to reach people. It can be outside or inside the church with people maybe who aren't believers. But power evangelism in action makes people curious about Jesus. It can make people realize God is real and he wants a relationship with me. He really cares about my situation. So my encouragement for you is just to grow in the prophetic. Let's strive to become people of the presence, led by the Holy Spirit to strengthen others, encourage them and comfort them. And let's love people and help to reveal God's love for others. Amen. <laughs> Um, so I'm just going to ask you to stand. If you feel comfortable, you might want to just close your eyes. You might just want to put your body in this kind of posture of, of receiving and being open to God speaking and moving. We ask, come Holy Spirit. One of the words earlier that Rebecca had was just about kind of tapping into more of, of the Holy Spirit, of what God wants to, to reveal in you and use you. Um, 
maybe that's pressing into these spiritual gifts. So I just encourage you now, if that's you, just to just be open to God. Heavenly Father, just pray gifts on people. Heavenly Father, I pray that people will be pursuing you and pursuing your Holy Spirit, Lord. And that through the Holy Spirit, Father God, that we can just be bold and be brave, Lord, to show your love for others. I had a reminder of the image of, um, you might have heard of this one before, but of us being kind of sailing boats um, and kind of on a, a clear, calm day, that boat's not really going to go very far. But then the Holy Spirit comes and the power of that wind, the power of that Holy Spirit propels that boat and pushes that boat, moves it forward. And that's just something, again, I just want to pray over us here at Sterling Vineyard, that, that we would just be open to being used by the Holy Spirit, that we'd be propelled by the Holy Spirit, that as we push in, Lord, we want to see more of where you're going to take us personally and as a church. And the last thing I just felt God was saying to me this morning that I think God's given a couple of individuals a word or a picture or a phrase to share. So if you're part of a small group here, if you serve on our team, if you call Sterling Vineyard home, and you feel like God is just saying something to you this morning that's going to strengthen others, encourage others, build up this church... I just encourage you now, be bold, be brave. Come grab the mic. It, it's um, just a wee word I heard this morning, but God's not mad at you. He's mad about you. quite show here. Um, yeah, it was just when we were talking about Elijah and I just had a real, I don't know, sense that um, God fed Elijah, God allowed Elijah to rest before he spoke to him and I, and so yeah, just that. So if those words mean anything to you, maybe you're in a place where you feel like you can't come before God or your relationship with God, um, there's a barrier there, maybe because you feel guilty or you feel like he's mad at you or you feel like you're not good enough, um, God just wants to release that this morning. Anything else? I feel like God's saying that there's so many people have been in this storm. I, I don't know if it's just for me or for others, but I'm just saying it anyway. Um, that there's, there's, everyone's going through a bit of a storm just now, but just ask God. I think he's calling us to be still and find the calm. Just be still and find the calm. Amen.
if any of those words mean anything or if you feel like God has been sharing something with you specifically or personally, um, I just encourage you, um, I'm just going to close the service now, um, if you want prayer, um, and just come down. There's quite a few people wearing t- team lanyards that will just be happy to come and to pray with you. Um, so if and even if there's anything um, that you want prayer for, maybe kind of physical healing or something that's going on, um, kind of looking for jobs and things like that, then just come down. I encourage you to come down and get prayer. Um, so Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for this morning. We thank you that you love us so much, Lord, and you just want to go deeper in this relationship with us. We thank you, Lord, that you are speaking to us, and we just pray this week, Father, that we would be open to hearing from you, Lord, that we would push in to, to translating your love um, for other people that we come into to contact with, Lord. We just pray for boldness um, and cur- um, encourage us to be um, just strengthened through um our relationship with you and hearing uh, what you have to say, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Stirling Vineyard Sunday podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, please visit our website at stirlingvineyard.co.uk or find us on social media at Stirling Vineyard Church. <laughs>